Well, welcome to Holy Lent, Ash Wednesday, as we begin this journey. You know, as, as far back as I can recall, I have always been a little edgy when it came to going away on a trip. I don't know, no matter how excited I might be about the trip, even hiking with my brother or whatever it is, there's a bit of an anxiety that comes over me when I begin to think about leaving home, going on vacation, whatever. It just There's just something that sort of wells up in me that sort of wants to pull me back and keep me at home. I don't know if it's the comfort of my bed or the fact that I know that everything I own and everything I might need, I have right there in the house. And if I go away, there's the chance that I'm going to forget something. As a little kid, I was at baseball practice. Some of you guys can relate to this. And it was a cold, rainy day, sort of like we've had recently. And I forgot my windbreaker. And I was not very good. And so I sat in the outfield, or stood in the outfield, I guess, for it felt like five hours waiting for a ball to come to me. And I was freezing to death. And I never wanted to be that cold again. When we go on a journey, we take a risk. We leave the comfort of home and we venture out into a place that we may find out it's unfamiliar and it's uncomfortable and we may have left something behind that we need. In a sense, I like to think of Lent as a journey. I'm not the first person to think that, but I I like the idea of a journey because You know, just like when I take a trip, it is always something that happens on that trip that I think, boy, what what if I hadn't have gone here? What what, what would I have missed? What what did the risk gain me? Well, it gained me a lot. Great experiences, all sorts of things that I encounter. The way the Lord showed up, even in the things that I didn't bring along. Lent is a special journey for each of us because it invites us out of the comfort of our everyday, ordinary life into something that is a bit uncomfortable. It causes us to consider, again, the brokenness and sinfulness of our lives. It calls us, again, to contemplate the value in laying down things that we get comfort from. Food, TV maybe, just the routine of our lives being stretched to give generously beyond ourselves, taking opportunities to spiritually reflect on our lives and take spiritual inventory, and most of all, be confronted with the fallenness and brokenness of our own life. But I guarantee you that the journey of Lent, just like any journey you take, yes, it'll be uncomfortable moments, but it'll also be full of surprises the Lord has. I want to give you just a couple of tips, travel guide, if you will, a very short version of a travel guide. I don't normally preach a topical sermon, but, but this is sort of more of a topical because I, I really think that this is what we have to think in terms of these things if we're going to take this journey with the Lord for the next 40 days. Well, first thing... I want to tip you on is the word fast. It's the elephant in the room, let's be honest, right? Fasting, 
is not easy, but I would recommend you attempt it. If you've never fasted before, start with one or maybe two meals, maybe once a week over the course of Lent, and see what the Lord does. Now, as you put down food, you skip a meal or maybe two or maybe even three if God begins to move on your heart, you have to pick something up as well. You have to pick up worship. Just today, one of our young adults texted me and she said, I, I don't like fasting because it just makes me ornery and hungry and I resent God. And I said, well, why don't you try putting some worship music on and just go about your day giving thanks for your life and not try to do anything more particular than that. Just start there. And, and that would be my recommendation to each of you. Consider starting fasting in even small ways. The church fathers and mothers all commend to us fasting. The, the great spiritual giants of the faith all fasted. Jesus himself says, when you fast, not if you fast. So consider fasting. But don't simply put down food, pick up worship and prayer and allow the Lord to begin to work in your life. Second tip, when it comes to self-examination and repentance, be specific and use tools that you're given. The prayer book that you will be reading from and that we'll be sharing some prayers from is a wonderful examination of our lives. And it's challenging. If you listen to those words and you really take to heart, you will be challenged, I guarantee you, in the things that it causes us to reflect on. You may choose to look at the Ten Commandments, a wonderful meditation to really dig deep into what it would mean to allow the Lord to speak to you about the commandments that he's given us. Isaiah 58 that Elena read to us is another excellent way that we can take spiritual inventory of our lives. And then as you take inventory, there becomes the opportunities to repent where you know you've fallen short. Yes, in self-examination and repentance, we are reminded of God's mercy and forgiveness, but it's also intended that we would amend our lives which is what Isaiah 58 is all about. God says, I'm not interested in just your ritual penitence if you're not going to be about justice and care for the marginalized and the poor. If you're going to fast and squabble and fight amongst yourselves, it's worthless. But it's a call, Isaiah says, to consider all that the Lord would want to do in our lives to truly call us to be people of justice and truth. Third, I would give you a tip with regard to self-denial. Now, that may sound a lot like fasting, but it's really something, for me, quite different. It's not just simply missing a meal, taking a fast of a meal or two, or maybe even a couple of days if you're experienced. But this really becomes a means by which we die to ourself. And it's done through the uncomfortable practice of letting go of something for the next 40 days. Maybe it's sports radio. Maybe it's ESPN or Facebook. 
or television or chocolate or alcohol or a host of things. But those opportunities, by voluntarily laying those things down, we're creating room in our lives for God to speak to us. If you do those things, you begin to realize how much of a hold oftentimes they have on us. But you'll also find God's grace to let those things go for a while. I would also suggest that in learning self-denial in the season of Lent, we create opportunity for ourselves to begin to care about the needs of others. And one of the long-term traditions of Lent is to find new ways to give generously. Almsgiving is the old expression. Perhaps you take on a new charity. Maybe you give to some organization that does good in the community or around the world and you are able to to do that because you're not buying that $6 drink at Starbucks or whatever. Fourth, I would tip, give you a tip with regards to pressing into the contemplation of Jesus' suffering. It is brutal, particularly as we draw towards the Passion Week, Holy Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, even Palm Sunday. But, but press into that. Allow the Lord to remind you of all that your Lord has suffered for you and draw strength from it for the things that God calls you, will cause you to walk through. Paul is clearly calling upon the, the recognition of Christ's sufferings in his life as he accounts all the things that he has suffered in the second lesson we heard from 2 Corinthians. Perhaps the Lord would call you to pick up a, a work, a, a book, or a podcast that would delve into the sufferings of Christ and contemplate those things and, and allow yourself the opportunity to, to really explore the depths of the passion of Christ. If you do that, I guarantee you, when we get to Easter morning, you will experience a joy and a hope in the resurrection beyond belief because you've walked the way of the cross. I'm told the Orthodox Church actually has a season before Lent to prepare them for Lent. I, I mean, that's just, I'm amazed at that. They, they take four weeks to prepare for Lent, to prepare for Easter. But we can take this time, at least we, we can't start there because we're already here, but, but we can at least prepare for Easter now by walking through Lent with intentionality. My last tip is to pay attention to that ash that you're going to receive in a moment. It is not a sign of your holiness. It is a sign of your humility and it is a sign of your mortality. Humility was not 
considered something to possess or to achieve in the ancient world. The Greeks did not think it was a good idea to, to have a character value of humility. But as Christians, we, we humble ourselves before our God. We, we bow down. We put on sackcloth and ash figuratively and literally. And we remember that we stand completely in need of God's mercy and grace. In so doing, if you walk the way of humility, if you contemplate your own mortality, you come to a better understanding of God's great provision, his sufficient strength as we learn to depend upon him and not upon our own strength. Embrace the journey. Embrace the ash. Walk this way. You will not be disappointed. It is a journey worth taking. And now, we make a right start.